Welcome to another episode of the Marketer's Edge, a series designed to share senior level marketing perspective about marketer challenges, opportunities, and agency relationships. Our goal is to help marketers learn from other marketers across different industries and to help provide perspective for agencies about the things marketers deal with every day to help them better represent their clients and win new business. Today, we're talking with Andrew Puttock, the head of digital sales transformation, brand, and marketing at Cutter and Buck in Seattle. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be here and, and share a little bit of what I've learned along the way from uh, some successes and, and too many failures. Um, <laughs> we all get better every day. Absolutely. No, it's great. I was really looking forward to speaking with you. So thanks for making the time. I know you, you've got a busy schedule. Um, so before, um, uh, you know, I've got a, a handful of questions for you, but before we uh, jump into those, I wanted to see if you could tell me a little bit about Cutter and Buck and, and what your charge was when you joined them uh, a few years ago. I, I'd like our audience to kind of know what kind of company it is and, and what you do for them. Yeah, Cutter & Buck is a, a 30-year-old heritage apparel brand. Uh, it has roots in the golf industry. And when I was doing my due diligence prior to joining Cutter & Buck, a lot of people said, oh, yeah, hmm, Cutter & Buck. My dad has Cutter & Buck. My grandfather <laughs> has Cutter & Buck. And that's where the relationship really ended, my dad and my grandfather. And so <laughs> my charge was how do I get that new generation? How do I get them to say, oh yeah, Cutter and Buck is something that I appreciate and that I really like and that I'll gravitate towards. So when I look at the, the overarching umbrella, it's how do I get this next generation, the new generation to say, okay, that has relevancy in my life. I see value in that product and I want to engage with that product. That That's great. And I, as you were sort of uh, laying that out, I was thinking there are plenty of other brands and plenty of other industries that probably face the same situation, uh, you know, a, uh, a, a established brand, maybe losing some of its, you know, uh, customer base and trying to figure out a way to reinvent itself. And, and so leads nicely into my first question. I get the sense from your LinkedIn profile, you know, like you said, that moving to Cutter and Buck moving the, the company into more of a modern day marketing world, uh, you know, wasn't the easiest of tasks. I'm curious, you know, what, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced when helping the company make this transition and, and how did you find your way around them? Yeah, you touched upon it, Mark. There are so many corporations out there that need to evolve and they they're great people, great products, great heritage brands, but they, they don't necessarily know how to evolve. And so many times when corporations are faced with that, that uh, product life cycle that goes up and then stagnates and then goes down, mm -hmm. when they're on, that, they're on that plateau or the, the downward stagnation or downward, they, they, they get very worried and they start to panic and they say, oh my gosh, we're losing market share, we're losing customers, we're losing revenue. And they try to extend their business into new avenues as opposed to figuring out how did they get there? What got them there? And then can we improve upon that? Obviously, we got there for a reason. How do I improve upon that? And that's where the new business uh, segments, new business extensions come out. And it's not really a, a, a total reach for something new. It's reinventing what you had before. And so that's really what 
what I've done with Cutter and Buck and what I've done throughout my career, gone in with corporations that are at that plateaued uh, part or going down in that business cycle and said, all right, we got here for, for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. How, do we, how do we get out of this? And right. so much of that is, is looking at where you are. And a lot of those answers you'll hear from people internally is, is the, kind of the curse of knowledge. And they'll say essentially, well, we need a faster horse. No, we actually don't need a faster horse here. We need this thing called an automobile, and that automobile will allow us to, to go faster down this road because that's the objective, to get down this road faster. A horse won't necessarily, a faster horse won't necessarily get us there, but this new thing called an automobile will get us there, and we'll be able to get there faster right. and, and quicker. Were, were there uh, internal challenges or struggles that you had to help the organization sort of get past in order to achieve the kind of things you wanted to achieve? Yeah, in any organization, uh, you will have those, the the curse of knowledge, the ingrained system, the ingrained processes in place that did work for a long time and were very successful for a long time. It's the justification of, all right, this is how we need to, to migrate from where we were to, to where we need to be, and then showing little proof points along the way to prove, right. okay, this migration is working, working, working. That way you get the buy-in from everybody. If you don't have the buy-in, you know, you're a, you're a, a one-person show up against yeah. them a lot. Yeah, and that, that uh, next question I was going to ask is, is if you had any advice or counsel that you give to marketers uh, or, or the agency audiences that are listening on how to best tackle a task like the one you faced and and you gave one example of you know sort of little bite-sized successes to show them that this thing is working you know anything else that you learned that you would either never do again or on the flip side absolutely do it if faced with the same challenge once more time you know one one more time yeah i'll i'll start that on the the back end there um i would be and especially in today's world and in the, in the future, forever, be, be very aggressive in the presentation of quantifiable evidence uh, to, to support any sort of migration or change. And don't be afraid to do that. That's what we're there for. We're there to be the ones to always push the envelope. We're there to be the ones to justify those envelope-pushing conversations and, and be the forerunner of that. So with that being said, how do you get there? Quantifiable evidence, quantifiable evidence, quantifiable evidence. And that's kind of, that's that's somewhat hard thing for a lot of people in the world of marketing to, to comprehend who got into marketing or think marketing is pretty pictures and, you know, a nice tagline or whatever that is. Yes, that's part of it. But how does that directly translate into Increase metrics, whatever those metrics are, clicks, views, revenue, visits, time on site, all of those. Right, right. Okay. So um, what was it, a, was sort of changing the trajectory uh, driven by a repositioning, sort of a, a reorganization of how you, how and who you are selling to or the channels what, you know, just sort of paint a picture of the, the things that you had to affect in order to move this brand beyond where it was. The easiest, quanti- not the easiest, but the most quantifiable evidence is the relationship that we had 
to the end consumer. Whether that was consumer was a B2B, a brick and mortar store, or whether that consumer comes through Amazon.com or on our D2C channels. It was taking that relationship uh, that used to be based on a rep visiting a brick and mortar or a rep visiting a, a buyer six months ahead of when that product comes out saying, here's my line. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Hope that they get back in X amount of days, weeks, months. In the meantime, you're ordering that product based on this hope, this this algorithm that they will purchase. Inevitably, the product comes in, not all it's sold, so you've got this built-up inventory in your warehouse. Mm -hmm. Changing that entire equation from this futures model, which has always been the model in apparel and still is very much the model in apparel, but we changed our model to to an at-once always on transparent transaction, meaning I still have the relationships with the golf courses, but now they can go to my enhanced website and view real-time inventory, uh, place orders, track orders, because on the, on the retail shelf, they don't have the money to invest in a, what we used to know as a, you know, a beautiful, um, a beautiful inventory four-way. Mm-hmm. Now they Filling on two products here and one product there and one product there. So how do we position ourselves as that instantaneous value add solution to them? And that's what we've done. Change that equation of how we go to sell and go to market. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to believe the business of apparel is a highly competitive one. And it seems that, you know, most of your focus when you came on board was to transform the company digitally and, and really dial up sales, which it, it sounds like you've done a great job of, of doing that. I'm, I'm curious, you know, while there's clearly a nice story behind Cutter and Buck, you know, as I studied the brand and, and tried to learn a little bit more about it before today's interview, you know, the story is somewhat sort of tucked behind the merchandise, so to speak. And I'm curious, you know, is that a conscious decision because you had so many sort of sales related issues that you had to deal with. And, and I'm curious also in the type of the world, you know, that you're operating in does brand and positioning sort of matter less than simply getting eyeballs on the goods that people, you know, might want to buy. Yeah, that's a great question. As a traditional brand marketer, you know, I started my career at Nike where brand is king and everything, everything rotates around that. Um, as a traditional brand marketer, that's always my, my heartbeat, if you will, my, my pacing blood. Coming into Cutter and Buck, we immediately realized that we had to change that, that business cycle relationship, the sales relationship. Yeah. So all effort and momentum was put to that. Once we've got that to a platform where right now we're, we're ingrained with the Amazons, the Fanatics, and things like that, mm-hmm. we can do the API integrations and things are moving nicely. Now I can concentrate on the brand. And that's so important. Because the brand is what differentiates you in today's world. Sure. Every product that's made out there has, has similarities. Every product has a very similar manufacturing, supply chain, et cetera, et cetera. It's the quality and the value that you build into that brand that's going to be a differentiator. Cutter & Buck is a premium brand. So we have to have a premium product that comes with it. We have to have premium service that comes up. We have to show value at every step. And so now, once we've got our systems and processes in place... It's concentrate on the brand, 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 brand. Yeah. And an example of that is, um, you know, sustainability. It's it's obviously something that we as 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 
uh, our company's based in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. So we, as purveyors of this incredible landscape that we have here, realize that we need to be at the forefront of sustainability. So one of our huge pushes is by 2025 to have 80% of our products have a, a truly quantifiable, sustainable uh, reason for living. And that's going to be a huge thing that we're going to tell the world. So what am I doing right now? I'm changing all of my packaging so it's 100% sustainable. I'm changing changing my poly bags so they break down in landfills. I'm, I'm putting a lot of effort and we're all putting a lot of effort to make sure that we're paying off on this brand promise that we made to ourselves, but more importantly to our customers to yeah. show that we, we add value to their lives. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I you know, see we had to get the, the house in order you know, mm -hmm. uh, at first before you, you started tackling the, the brand issues. Do you, uh, uh, well, actually, let me change just the subject a bit here. You know, you've I noticed as I sort of was reviewing your background, you've got some agency experience. I think even owned your agent own agency. Is that is that correct? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I'm I'm curious how that experience of of being on the agency side has influenced your thinking and the way you run uh, your business. Yeah, you know, the, I view agencies. Obviously, I was an agency owner. I used them a lot, as, as we all do it from time to time. Agencies are that ace in the hole. Agencies are those talented men and women that will come with that different angle. They need to come with that different angle for you. And that relationship is, is, has really come under, under a microscope recently um, in that the agencies need to move, come forward with quantifiable, actionable things that you can move upon immediately. And it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be this huge overarching thing, but what's this one little thing we want to test and then tweak and test and tweak and test and tweak that grows and grows and grows and grows. Mm -hmm. That goes from everything from acquisition of databases. That goes from everything, um, how you're testing on your website, A, Bs, and Cs, things like that. So agencies are, are while you're doing your day-to-day -day business with your internal team and getting caught up on the email chase, Agencies are that great, great ace in the hole to have and come. Let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. The big ideas, those are very, very few and far between. It's the little things that eventually add up to a big movement. Right, right. That's that's so true. And I'm, I'm curious, just again, based on your experience, any advice that you'd give to marketers uh, looking to maybe better their relationship with their agency? And, 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 yeah, you know, get, and, you know, and turn it into a more productive one. Yeah, I, I always go back to um, a saying that I, from a meditation. Uh, every day is a chance to begin again. Every moment is a chance to begin again. And I really push my agencies to begin again a lot. Meaning start fresh with every business scenario. How would you approach that? Don't look at the, the curse of knowledge with this company has XYZ in place. So these are constraints or this is what we have to do or, or can't do. How can we look at every need, every consumer need in a new way and say, how do we add value to this? Take that to your clients, take that to your customers and say, this is how we think we can add value in this vertical, in this situation, in this time period. The marketer, the corporation, if they have uh, the an open mindset, 
a growth mindset will realize, my goodness, my, my systems may not be set up that way, but there's some value in here. How can I migrate to this new idea, this new initiative, this new thought to grow whatever this 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 initiative wants, needs, desires to grow? Mm-hmm. And, and on the flip side, any advice you'd give to an agency, uh, you know, uh, to help them maximize the opportunities uh, to work with their clients? Uh, immediate solutions. Come with immediate solutions. Realize that everybody's coming with the same business perspective of, well, let me come in and let's you know learn about your business and let's throw out some ideas. A lot of times when they're throwing out the ideas, it's based off things that they want to do, things that they have an innate desire to do their whole career. Well, that's fine and dandy if you have an innate desire to do something, but tie that into my business and make it very actionable and easy for me to to engage. Lower those hurdles for me to test it because my budget is already in place, my initiatives are already in place, my staff's already in place, my relationships are already in place. So make this test very easy for me to take action on it and then justify it if we want to take further action mm-hmm. on it. Uh, you mentioned earlier that, um, uh, unless I, I heard you wrong, you are working with marketing agencies currently. Yeah, correct. Okay. And and what are you what are you using agencies to do for uh, Cutter and Buck m- most often? Digital digital optimization and digital speed okay. um, is the primary need. I have various agencies and internal constituents that I utilize for experts, um, a copywriter here, a graphic person there, uh, integration person there, but they ultimately all tie into feed this digital engine. And that's what business is all about now. How can these, these various specialties feed this digital engine to go, go, go? Because um, syndication is, is, is the king right now. Syndication of all of your assets to disseminate that out all at once a million times all in the same second is that will win today's business world. Yeah. Outside of the technical expertise in digital, uh, you know, specifically any other advantages that uh, you, you see in using an outside firm? Uh, Yeah, they can come with new perspectives and, and, and I've always been very, very impressed with their perspectives on how to approach the customer in a unique, different way way to add value to their life. So I always really, really appreciate that because they have the ability to step away from the day-to-day that, that I'm that I'm in to say like, okay, you know, here's this customer segment and here's what we think would work for them. Here's another segment. Here's what worked for them. How do we add value? How do we essentially put a smile on their face and make their day? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's what's going to move the needle. Yes, there's all these metrics. Yes, there's all this quantifiable stuff. But it comes down to the simple relationship of improving that person's moment, improving that person's day, and how do we do that? Because if you're able to do that, then you're going to see those quantifiable results. But but start with the human, start with fulfilling their need and adding value to their life. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I'm curious as you look forward, uh, what what's your prediction on the state of the apparel sales and marketing world you know how do you think the the apparel industry will look different or be different uh, than it looks today you know three five years out both in terms of the product and and how it's marketed and how it's sold 
That's a great question. I would hope that retail will still be around. You know, you always hear of retail's dead, retail's dead. But as a human being, we love retail. We love touching and feeling and trying on. And places that are doing that correctly, the REIs of the world, the Dick Sporting Goods of the world, they're doing great. You know, the Foot Lockers of the world, because you can go in and you can see the retail attainment that they have, you can touch and feel and be inspired. So as a as a a person who grew up in the world of retail, I love retail and I hope that always stays around. I hope we can always work to reinvent the retail experience. Because digital is is a huge, huge thing and digital is a great thing, but we, but we always need that that touch and that feel. So how can I then translate that touch and the feel, that mental, physical rush that I get from, from the retail and multiply that into digital? Mm-hmm. And that comes with what you talked about earlier a little bit, the brand. Mm-hmm. How can I make sure my A-plus content oozes with emotion, oozes with information, oozes with value that allows that consumer to gravitate towards my brand in a way that they could very easily in a physical space. No, I've got to do it in a digital space. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how how physical retail locations change and, and how their purpose changes, you know, with so much being bought online these days um, and, and manufacturers making it relatively simple to, uh, you know, shop and return, Uh, you know, there definitely is something to be said, though, for that brand experience and, and, um, you know, sort of immersing yourself in that retail environment that definitely, uh, you know, has an impact. And um, uh, so, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, You know, I'm curious, just any advice that you would give to a marketer uh, looking to bring a new agency on board um, in terms of, you know, what to look for or how to think about the process of, of reviewing agencies? Yeah, good question. You know, so many of the, the pitches and so many of the decks and, and we all receive multitudes of emails a day saying, here's here who I am. This is my solution, my solution, my solution. Right. Um, to the point where our, our spam filters are, are cleaning those all out thankfully, quite honestly, uh, come with quantifiable reasons for me to to listen, come with solutions that will work for me. And they don't have to be huge. They can be really small based on this is what we saw, this is what we do, and this is what, what the action we would see from that would be. Let's test it and let's tweak and let's go. Make the hurdle, again, make the hurdle very, very small for adoption um, so I can prove to myself, we can prove to each other, we can prove to to the organization that this little initiative that we're testing is something that we should expand upon. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and uh, one last question, if I were an agency trying to knock down your door and, and trying to win business from you, uh, you know, what advice would you give that agency? Yeah, yeah, and that's a tough one, right? We've all been in the this, this sales role one time or another. So <laughs> keep knocking on the door, keep showing value, keep uh, you know, keep keep your standards high of who you are and what you do. Be confident in what you do, and realize that when you're reaching out to 
a company or you're reaching out to an individual, they have a multitude of needs. And sometimes the door may be open for what you're serving. Sometimes the door may be closed for what you're serving. It's just a matter of you know, matching their need with the time. And sometimes they match up, sometimes they don't. So stick with what you know. Be confident with what you know. And if some people see value in that because it's the right time, the right place, the right need, terrific. But don't stretch yourselves too thin. It goes back to what we were talking about business-wise earlier, you know, in the, the evolution of a product. Once you start hitting a plateau or going down, don't panic. Stick with what you are and say, how can we make what we do so much better? If you're a creative agency, great. Double down on creative. If you're a digital agency, awesome. Double down in that. If you're another sort of an agency, figure out what your niche is and then be very confident in that. Go, 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 yeah. go. That, Knowing that, you've, that you're the expert in that vertical. Yeah, that, that that's great advice, and and I I see it, you know, on the agency the business side of our business, too often agencies do, you know, panic or or just feel like they're missing out on something, and they try and, uh, you know, be everything to everybody, and and that just, you know, you'll look like you look like everybody else if you try and do that, and and staying true to your core. Uh, I think is a great message to send. You, you also uh, suggested in, in response to that question that agencies stick with it and keep trying to break down your door in showing value. Um, you know, it, it it can take a long time to 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 penetrate. You know, the the four walls that somebody like you operates in every day and and it is a bit of a timing game and it is the right kind of message game and and just being you know politely persistent as we call it uh around here um is key so uh well listen andrew it's it's been great um you you've you've done a great job you know sort of turning the ship around and it'll be really interesting as you kind of move into this next phase of of really honing in on the the brand's positioning and uh you know building up sort of the the character and 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 leveraging the equity that the cutter and buck brand has uh to try and you know find a a unique and ownable position uh should be an exciting time and uh and I certainly wish you all the best uh, of luck in, in, in moving that uh, that forward. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, uh, Mark. This is an incredible, exciting time for all of us. Um, change is constant in our lives and change must be embraced. And now is the time for great people, great individuals, great companies to really define who they are and how they want to exist and really serve our customers in the future. So. Yeah. Have at it and have fun while you're doing it. <laughs> there you go.